Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 24th episode of the Pulling Tar Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Coon. Thanks so much for tuning in, folks. If you like this episode, please share it on all platforms of social media so your friends know about it. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Subscribe, drop a rating, and comment, please. Follow me on Twitter for all up-to-date news about the podcast at It's R.A. Coon. That's I-T-S. R-A-C-O-O-N. I'd like to welcome on a special guest, David Heimerdinger. David is the Director of Stadium Operations for the Bowling Green Hot Rods, single-A affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays. We'll jump right into this conversation with David Heimerdinger right after this break. David, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your night to chat with me. First question, can I call you Dinger? I saw that, that that's your nickname on the team site. Can I call you Dinger? Absolutely, you can call me Dinger. It's, uh, it's funny, Dinger's not actually been a lifelong nickname like some would assume. Oh. It actually, no, nobody called me that until I got to college. As soon as someone did, I was like, yep, right. that's going to stick. And so that was, <laughs> I've, I've been dinger ever since like freshman year college, so going on like six or so years of it. But nice. nobody in, nobody at the first team I worked for in Lexington was that. Nobody called me dinger there, but everybody called me dinger. It's a so. perfect nickname for somebody that works in baseball. I think it really fits for a stadium operations guy. Um so thanks so much for uh, for coming on the Pulling Tart Podcast, Dinger. And, uh, yeah, let's let's hop into it. So we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Were you ever working from home during this process? And if so, how hard was it to manage things at the stadium? Uh, it was difficult to manage things from the stadium just because well I didn't have any help for the first part I was lucky enough to go in every day but not having all the other people around so that helped me do different tasks and just have a lending hand when I need one weren't there so I mean there were some things I was limited in but I was lucky enough that I got to go in every day but for the most part our entire office was working from home okay and so how did you get into stadium ops after receiving a communications degree from the University of Kentucky. I'm a I have a communications degree as well, so I just feel like that's kind of a weird a weird turn in your professional career. Yeah, it uh I started out as a marketing degree or marketing major at this and somewhere along the line, sophomore year I got an internship uh, with Lexington Legends as an uh, operations intern mm-hmm. and uh, 
that internship, we had a very large intern team. We're probably 20 strong. Oh, wow. And yeah, there's a lot of us. And so, but we filled a lot of different roles throughout the ballpark. Sure. We ushers, we worked concessions, we did replay, audio, video, uh, worked in the retail store. I mean, we, okay. we did a lot of different things. So nice. it was a super cool opportunity to work for them and just kind of see what all goes on behind the scenes at the ballpark especially at that internship program which was such a wide scope there mm-hmm. and uh, I really liked it I fit in well I really 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 liked my boss she was the one that kind of got me hooked on minor league baseball she was very go 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 high energy and uh, she I kind of resonated with that that's kind of the attitude that I take to a lot of things so it was just something that I really enjoyed and uh, I ended up working through them from 2016 to 2019, graduated, got my degree in communications. Uh, but by the time I graduated, I knew that I wanted to stay in minor league baseball. So I was just hoping that my experience in baseball would kind of help me get to a full-time position. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked in the clubhouse during 2017-2018 and then... I knew that I wanted to get back into operations after that. Not that I didn't like the clubhouse. It was it was a super cool experience. I met a lot of cool people. Yeah. Did a lot of interesting things. Uh, but for the most part, I knew that I wasn't prepared to work 20-hour days at low-level baseball <laughs> for the rest of my life Yeah. in the clubhouse. The 20-hour days were what kind of drove me away ultimately. But the pay was okay. But yeah. I mean, mainly just because it was all cash and can't you can't not love that sure but sure I, I knew that i wanted to get back into operations and okay. so i worked 2019 season i was an operations manager for the legends and uh it was awesome we won the championship Ooh, yeah. and uh back to back won in 2018 2019 so it was really cool to work for those that team at that time it was a fun time to work for them yeah and then i uh, got the opportunity to be the assistant director of ops at bowling green and uh, work my way up. Now I'm the director of stadium ops here. So nice. that's kind of the path I've taken to get to where I was. Kind of banked on the uh, banked on the experience there rather than the degree. Sure, sure. All right. So what was it like winning a championship in Lexington? Your your first stop in minor league baseball. You won a championship. Uh, it was actually actually even though the legends personally didn't win it uh, in 2016. It was really cool that year because the Royals had won it, our affiliate had won it in 2015. Okay. And uh, so they did the World Series trophy tour to Ooh. all their minor affiliates. Nice. And uh, that was super cool because we had a, we had a big sellout that day. We we, 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 made, we made it a grand event. Right. Awesome. And uh, the day I got assigned to um, stay in security at the line for people to take pic- their picture with the trophy. Ooh. And... Uh, the Royals have a guy that stands with the trophy. He is the trophy guy. Okay. He does not leave his sight. Everywhere he goes, he has it. He wears gloves when he touches it. Nobody else is allowed to touch it. Oh, And wow. uh, so I got to stand there with him for about three hours and pick his brain. So that was super cool. He told me that uh, I asked him how they fly with it, and he said the trophy has a first-class ticket, and it sits with him. I was like, that's awesome. That's super <laughs> cool. Boy. How do you get that gig? Did you yeah, dive into I that? No, like, uh, I wish I did. But, yeah, he was, he was a very interesting guy. He was, 
I'm sh- I, knew, I knew he had more stories, but I only had limited time with him. Right. He was a cool dude. Okay. So, as you alluded to, you've spent part of your career working in the clubhouse for the Lexington Legends. And the clubhouse is a crazy place. All things go in the clubhouse. What's the funniest story from inside the clubhouse? I have thought about this question all day. (laughs) And funniest, craziest, I mean, it just... They all would run together at some point about what was what. But the one that I kept coming back to the most was one that I was actually very, very, very ticked off about at the time. But looking back on it now, I can have a good laugh about it. I uh, I won't name any teams or name any names. Okay. But uh, a team that I was hosting, uh, they were getting spanked. They, they were it was eight to zero they were losing and even though I worked for the Lexington even though I worked for Lexington I always kind of wanted my team to come back winning because if they were mad then I had to deal with it mm-hmm. and I just kind of wanted a, a happy locker room it was a lot more fun especially if it was getaway day that's what all visiting clubhouse guys say yeah nobody wants nobody wants to get for their team to go away on a on a loss right get no no tips on a loss they leave happy, you might get a little extra fun. But the the funniest one, this game's getting spanked, eight to zero. They have one hit. We're in like the seventh or eighth inning, so it's a regulation game, and it just starts pouring. So Umps called the game, and I've been waiting for it. You can tell that they were going to call it. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing with the ground screw. They pull the gates open. And on the walk back through the center field gate, the a couple players on my team, the visiting team, excuse me, they uh, did a tarp slide. Okay. And so I run back and I hold the door and get everybody gets inside. The manager is pissed. Of course. He, he's like, he's like, and I had mistakenly gone to the back of the clubhouse and trapped myself in and had to endure this but uh he starts yelling and going off on the team he was upset rightfully so that they were more concerned about doing a tarp slide than they were about winning the game and I was like alright understandable yeah for sure and uh so he said some choice words Threatened to send some people to to lower levels, <laughs> and uh, I had the post game spread out on the table in the clubhouse. It was a lot of barbecue, brisket, barbecue, green beans. Ooh, sounds sounds good. It was great. It was great. It was it was easily the favorite meal of all the teams that came through. All right, and he grabbed a chair, slammed it through the table and <laughs> flipped all of it everywhere. oh man and in that moment I did not know what to do I was <laughs> mad but I knew if I said anything I was going to lose my job <laughs> right and so I just left and I called my GM and I was like I need you to come down here and uh, 
we settled everything. When I got back into the clubhouse, the team was picking everything up. They were like, you're not, you're not cleaning this. Like, this is all our fault, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, that was, it was nice that they at least did, did that for me. But I was still down a table. But <laughs> right. I got a new table, so it all worked out in the end. And in that moment, I was mad. But uh, that manager uh, gave me a good tip. He gave me very good reviews. He said really nice things about me okay. every other time. And he was he was never mad at me. He was mad at his team. And uh, I think they ended up, they might have won the league that year. Okay. I remember. Whatever, whatever so so it wasn't Delmarva is what you're telling me. <laughs> it was not Delmarva. Okay. okay. <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, that manager, he, had, he said awesome things about me. So I had no issue with him. I was like, all right, cool. I was like, he said good things about me and yeah, his players cleaned up the best. So right. they were good in my book. I all never right. had any other issues with that team ever again. But All right. And that manager got promoted. Okay. Yeah. Good, for, good for him. Yeah, for sure. That is that is kind of a wild story. Wow. Um, so, Dinger, can you outline your daily duties with the hot rods, both during the season and in the off season during a normal year? So, uh, the disadvantage to this being a not normal year is that I have not actually worked a hot rods game yet. Oh uh, man. So, to that mark, I can tell you a little bit about what I know I would be doing there, what my duties would be on a normal year, uh, and then a little bit of what I've done as an operations manager in my past. So, um, in Bowling Green with the Hot Rods, my duties would would include um, two operations interns. Uh, that would help me do just daily things throughout the office, throughout the stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a game day, we would be responsible for ushers, ticket takers, kids' area, uh, medical and police. Technically, they scheduled themselves. I don't really do much on that end, but okay. they would at least contact me if there was some sort of issue where I would let them know if I needed help. Sure. Um, and then just general operational things throughout the ballpark, just making sure everybody's where they're at, when they need to be, that they have everything they need to do their job. And then uh, for the most part, I just kind of walk around, interact with fans, and... Uh, check on everybody make sure they're doing okay don't need anything mm-hmm. just try to generally keep everybody happy and have a good time while I'm doing it yeah uh, put out little fires if need be hopefully nothing does if it, inevitably it will something major will happen just be ready for it make sure everybody knows what to do and uh, just try to get everything done as safely as possible okay but that would be on a normal year mm-hmm. uh, Right now, what I'm doing is I'm just taking the time to do everything that we don't normally have time to do. Uh, Sure. Pressure wash every inch of the stadium, paint every wall that needs painted, uh, make sure these events that we're now having run smoothly, uh, things like that. But uh, in the past, I've done everything. Kind of, I mentioned it briefly earlier with what the intern team had done. But I've worked in the retail store. I've worked in the press box doing audio, video, and replay, played music. Uh, I've worked in concession stands I've done general facility work helped fix sinks etc yeah uh, 
bartended, just a little bit of everything, just wherever they needed me. I was kind of just open to be helpful wherever I could. And uh, that's what I would intend to be doing if that were if this were a normal season. But, right. Uh, you do what you can with what you're given. So, mm-hmm. so you're jack of all trades, and that is that is the key to working in minor league baseball. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm quite there yet. There's still a lot that I need to learn. I'm still only 24, so I mean, okay, I got a, I've got a lot of room to grow. Still, a lot of yeah. things I got to learn. A lot of things I haven't seen, dealt with, things like that. I've only technically managed for two or three years, so I mean. Right. hasn't been super long level of experience but that's kind of what I like about this role is just the challenge of it I've got a couple of good resources that I can lean on pretty heavily if I need help with anything and yeah just taking on taking on this whole stadium and being like alright this is this is a project let's get it to where it needs to be is, right. it's, uh, it's good for me I don't like the desk work I like the I like the hands on the nitty gritty the gross stuff that everyone else wants to do that's, right. what, that's what I'll get into so alright perfect so we're going to take this chance to, to cut to a break, and uh, we'll be right back with Dinger right after this break, folks. So you took the opportunity uh, with the break to grab another beverage. What do, what do you got there, Dinger? Uh, just a classical Bud Light. All right. Uh, I'm a simple guy, just like a cold beer. All right. I can get down with that, man. No, nothing like a cold Bud Light, unless, unless you're uh, unless your ballpark sponsored by Miller. Then. <laughs> yeah, technically, I think we're Budweiser. All right. So you're good. You're good. Same yeah. Same You're good. Yeah. All right. So I imagine as stadium ops, you oversee a lot of game day staff members. Is that correct? All That'd right. So what's the worst excuse a game day staff member has ever used to call out of work? So... Whether or not this kind of fits the call out of work part of the question is a little bit up for debate. Okay. So we and while we were in like while I was in Lexington, uh, we had a temp agency that would fill various roles with us if we were short oh, staff. Really? Okay. And uh, so I mean, sometimes it would be working in the kitchen or janitorial services or just different things to help us out throughout the, if we were short staff. Sure. And. Uh, a lot of the people that came to the stadium were regulars and we got to know them and we liked them and they were good people and um, one day one of the guys he was a good dude I can't remember what his name was but he uh, the deal with the temp agency was was that we had to sign the art they came into the warehouse and they clocked in and our warehouse manager would sign a paper that when they got there and then sign it when they left to make sure that they actually worked the ship okay and uh, we had a guy come and we'd been looking for him and we couldn't find him and so we, he'd supposed to been there at like noon or something like that and uh, we worked through the day and we're like 30 minutes from when gates are about to open and the guy comes running up to me he's like he's like David, David I can't 
he's like he's like I was here and I'm like I was like where have you been and he was like he was like I, I got here early and I fell asleep in my car <laughs> and but he had slept allegedly he had slept from like 11.30 to like six o'clock like oh my gosh and so I'm like I'm like well I mean like I'm like man like I gotta send you home like like if they showed up late they they didn't work their shift right so I was like man I gotta send you home like you're like you're like five or six hours late and he's like he's like no no come on like, let me let me work the game I'm like no dude like I'm like I can't man like and then my boss ended up showing up and she was like nah man like, you gotta go like wow so I don't know if that counts as calling off work, but uh, that was a that was definitely an interesting one. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Oh man, that's awesome. He literally slept for like seven hours. I mean, I, I never went out to like look at the parking lot and see if it's like I just I just assumed he hadn't shown up. But like, yeah, I mean he did he. He told me he was like, man. He was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I fell asleep in my car. Like, I laid this back. Like, and I'm. I mean, I had no reason not to believe him. I was like, well, I mean, like, I'm sorry. Man. Like, that. I'm glad you got a good sleep, but right. That sucks. Like, I gotta send you home still. Like, I mean, it's not my decision. It's about me. Like, wow. So that that one was interesting. That's crazy, man. Wow. So, what's the craziest situation that's occurred during a game? that you've had to assist with um i'm assuming it'll be in in lexington because you haven't worked a game yet with bowling green but yeah so i thought about this one a lot today too like the gold crack of thunder oh wow Uh, but so kind of depends on what your definition of crazy is um it's open for debate I would say the craziest like situation that I've ever had to deal with while working for a minor league baseball team was when we hosted Red White and Boom Country Music Festival ooh okay sounds like that could get out of hand it everybody loves country music yeah of course and when when it no longer is hosted at the legend stadium but when it was it was awesome I mean everybody loved it it was a great big outdoor festival we would pull like 30 40,000 people throughout the weekend like I mean we had major headliners Luke Bryan Eric Church Luke Cone okay I mean we had we had big names big yeah we had great big names we were we were like the the look forward to festival of the midwest for country music okay I might be a little biased on that one alright fair enough that was my opinion alright I can dig it I mean just the general debauchery that goes on with any any festival, any country music festival, any festival, any genre, just people getting drunk and having a good time. Yep. I mean, just seeing all of those different things while completely sober on the clock and having to somewhat enforce a little bit of the rules on some of these people mm-hmm. was just entertaining. I mean, I was 
the first year with Dirt Dog Boom, we're walking through and a guy, very, very, very drunk, tried to pickpocket me as I'm wearing <laughs> a, a neon green shirt that says event staff, like front wow. back. So that was kind of interesting. We had him removed. He had tried sure. to a couple other people. Um, so, and I, he, I, I even told the guy, I said, you reached into the wrong pocket. I said, that's my pocket knife, not my wallet. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, man, you just grabbed my butt. Like, I know what you were reaching. <laughs> you were hoping my wallet was there. Like, So that was kind of interesting. But, I mean, just the festivals The festivals are just funny just because, I mean, sometimes you, you, one minute you might be wheeling somebody out that's had too much to drink. One minute you might be taking a selfie with somebody that just wants a selfie with everybody. Like, I mean, you're high-fiving yeah. people. You're, you're walking over puke. I mean, it's just you never know what you're going to walk around the corner and see right. you know, working at a country music festival or any festival. I've worked some uh, Indian festivals too, and it's kind of the same situation there. It's So you're from Kentucky, right? Uh, I claim Kentucky. Okay. Uh, technically, I was born in Rockford, Illinois. Really? Yes. All right. I lived in Rockford for about six months. I was going to say, I was too young to remember it, uh, but I lived there for about two years. And uh, I was born in 96. I don't know when you lived there, but that was around that time. Not that. But, but when, I, when I worked for Beloit, I, I, I lived there. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. But, yes, yeah, so I was born in Rockford, and then I moved to uh, Maysville, Kentucky, Eastern-ish, and uh, from there I moved to Valparaiso, Indiana. Okay, I've been there too. Yep, about forty-five minutes to an hour outside of Chicago. Yep, and then I moved to Florence, Kentucky, or Union, technically, where my okay. parents currently live. Yeah, and then I moved to Lexington when I went to school, and then now I'm in Boulder. All right. So I've cool. always claimed Kentucky because that's where I've lived. The the most of my life. So is it technically f- a promoter? Is it fair to say that you're a country music fan? Uh, I would say it's more than fair. All right, who's who's your favorite country artist? Definitely Luke Combs right now. Yeah, he's dude. He doesn't put out a bad song. I I 100 percent agree. I mean, even even the, the one of the newer songs, Six Feet Apart. Uh, I thought that was a little cheesy, just making a song directly about the pandemic, but it's still a pretty good song. So yeah. Like, All right, I'll let, I'll let it slide. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I just, I would put the last two albums that he put out in my top five for sure. Right. You kind of look like Morgan Wallen with your hair. Man, I, uh, I've been, I've been pretty, I've been touting the hair pretty proudly lately. <laughs> I, uh, I, for the long longest time my, my hair would get to a certain length and it would get super wavy and I was like no I hate it and I'll cut it back and I'll get it short again yeah and uh, when the quarantine started I was like you know what I'm not, I'm not gonna shave and I'm not gonna cut my hair until the quarantine ends and uh, I gave up on the shaving part because I was hoping to grow a beard but it just turns out I don't grow that full of beard I don't either well. no yeah, mine's all and, patchy yeah yeah I was, I was looking a little weird so I was like alright I gave up on the beard but I kept the hair and then uh, when quarantine ended, uh, I was like, well, 
I was like, I, I just won't cut it till baseball starts. And so now baseball's about to start, and now I'm like, well, my girlfriend really likes it, so I mean, uh, just <laughs> keep it. Like, so nice. I've, grown, I've grown to I've grown to love it. Like, I am. It, I did. I needed a little bit of something different to kind of get bored with it. So it works for me now. Okay, I'll rock with it. Nice. Yeah, I um. So I moved to Rockford, Illinois. Because my cousin lived there, and it's about 30 minutes away from Beloit. And I wasn't getting paid enough in Beloit to, like, get my own place right away. So I, my cousin told me I could, I could live in his basement for six months. Um, so I did that and just commuted back and forth uh, to Beloit. But Rockford's a nice little town. It's got a bad rep, but... Um, it was it was nice for as much time as I spent there, you know. But yeah, so. I haven't been back there since I was born there. Okay, but I just hear bad things. Yeah, but I mean, I'm one of the, I'm a believer that every every town's got a bad side and a good side. So oh, for sure. Yep. You just gotta you gotta look for the good in the small towns. Right. Um. So we linked up via Twitter. Where else can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, my, I don't have Facebook. Okay. Uh, never had Facebook, but my Twitter and my Instagram are at dheimerdinger1. That's D-H-E-I-M-E-R-D-I-N-G-E-R number one. Man. Dinger was taken? Unfortunately, man, and I think D Heimerdinger without the one was taken by my brother. So, oh, man, <laughs> that dude. I know. So, um, so you've listened to a couple other episodes, and we always end the episode with the same question: What has been your favorite walk-up or warm-up song in your MILB career, and whose was it? This one was easy. All right. Uh, the first, no, the second season, I was in the clubhouse. No, excuse me. The first season, I was in the clubhouse. The Legends had a player, Gabriel Cancel, and uh, he's on the Royals prospect list. I think he's moved up pretty quickly. Okay. Hopefully, he gets. Hopefully, he makes the cut for this year's uh, shortened season. But his walk-up song for a long time was "Aura Dice." which is a Spanish song by, I believe, J Balvin. And uh, I could not tell you what it means. I love that song. I listen to it to this day. It's got a great beat. It's up, it's, it just gets me pumped up. Okay. And uh, whenever, when I was in the clubhouse, that song, was, I finally figured out, I couldn't figure out for the longest time what it was. And so every time it would come on, I would run to the nearest stadium speaker and put my phone up and try to shazam it. And uh, so I finally get it the one day, and then I would play music whenever the teams would come to the clubhouse. And uh, if I knew I had a team that was largely Dominican or Colombian or Venezuelan or wherever they, if they were largely Latin, yeah, Caribbean, I would play those Spanish songs that I that I heard a lot of the other guys listen to, and they always would vibe to that and have a good time. So nice. 
Yeah, building up on that Spanish playlist was awesome. But yeah, Aoda okay. Dice was definitely my favorite one. <laughs> All right, perfect. Well, we'll close out with that song. And um, just a reminder, folks, I've made a Spotify playlist. Um, like I said, we end the episodes with that same question so i have all the songs from all my guests on one playlist just search pulling tart podcast um and it should come up along with all the other episodes of the podcast um but yeah thank you so much dinger for for taking the time tonight to chat with me i know we don't know each other personally but it was great getting to know you and um talking to you through twitter and um, best of luck um, with your venture with uh, Bowling Green, and I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It was really fun. This was my first podcast I've ever done, so it was kind of a cool experience for me. Definitely would like to do it again. So, I mean, if you're ever looking for another guest, there's at a at a last minute. Just give me a call. All right, perfect. Maybe maybe uh, we can partner up and uh, get you on with a with another front office member from Bowling Green. I know that there were a couple guys that were that were looking to jump on as well at some point, so. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> One of these clowns. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks so much, Dinger. I really appreciate it. Alright man, you have a good one. Thanks you too. No, 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 podido llegarle tu cuerpo sabe elevarse y cuando tus piernas temblaban no decía nada you've listened to the pulling tarp podcast distributed by stoveleg media make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about bobby and the rest of the show stoveleg media igniting conversation